0: This is Blessing Makosha Park, and you're listening to the Blessing at the Bar podcast. I hope you guys, if you haven't already, that you've checked out my blog, Blessingatthebar.com, and subscribe to that. We'll start simple, what is the BBTC? It is very intense. I've collected together a bunch of tips and advice I have for those of you tackling GDL exams. Because one thing I've noticed is a lot of people in law school have their elbows out. And if you spend too much time worrying gosh, this person's got this many experiences, or so this person's got the things that I'm going to get, you won't to get there. Big yourself up big time. And what I mean by that is make sure that you feel like the superstar that you are. Because you wouldn't do this and you wouldn't go through this process if you didn't believe in yourself. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> In the second episode of the Blessing at the Bar podcast, I host another Ask Blessing at the Bar session on my Instagram Live. In this session, I was given five questions to answer. The first question concerned BPTC scholarships and best tips in practice. I also had a question about how the BPTC went for me and any surprises I found. Competition on pupillage, navigating the bar as a black woman and whether a pass on the GDL is enough to secure pupillage. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's session of Ask Blessing at the Bar, my weekly live Instagram session Um, and this is essentially where I answer your questions, anything that you want to ask somebody um, who is going through the process, um, the journey to become a barrister and I'll address your questions that you ask me anonymously on Curious Cat. Um, last time I checked, we had four questions this week. I'm um, gonna have another look. We might have some more. I hope everybody is doing well as uh, as well right now. I know that it's been a sort of a really hugely stressful time for anybody who is um, in the aspiring barrister position and who's been applying for pupillage. I know that it's been crazy. Uh, the anticipation is wild Um, but if you have had success uh, this year and you've been given an offer uh, congratulations to you Um, I'm really proud of you and please if you have any sort of tips and advice that you've got for anybody else who um, might be in a similar position to you um, and you think that you have something that you can offer them, please, please share it with me. Um, You can message me or email me any way you can reach me. But please, if you've got good advice to share with others, uh, please do share it. It's worth us sharing every tip that we have, um, every piece of information we can gather on this journey um, because it is such a difficult situation to navigate. And we get there... um, It makes the journey better, shall I say, if we all sort of contribute to each other and really boost and support each other throughout the process. Right. Okay. So the first question that I got this week um, says, I want to apply for a BPTC scholarship in November. What do I need definitely to be successful uh, that I need to be getting between now and then to do that? Um, That's a great question. So, BPTC scholarships are interesting because, um, first of all, well done on being on top of it and knowing when the deadlines are. Um, I know that that's quite a difficult thing for a lot of people, the fact that this information is to an extent quite inaccessible and a lot of people don't actually know a lot about scholarship deadlines. Um, Regarding your question specifically, I wrote about BPTC scholarships in a blog post Um, last year. And I would say the main thing that you want to show in a scholarship application is the fact that you've thought about this career, that you know that you're going to be successful in this career, and that you are prepared to give relevant examples of the different things that you've done to prepare yourself for this career. So essentially, Think of a BPTC scholarship as a reward for someone who's demonstrated aptitude, uh, dedication and uh, passion for the journey to become a barrister and the ability to have a successful career. So if you look at your experience so far and you just think, "Okay, what do I have that is working in my favour, that's showing that? And what more can I get? And I think it's important that we own our own narrative a lot in this process and that we are able to say, um, we're able to say, this is why I want this, this example, I did this experience because I wanted to get this result. The reason I wanted this result is because I want this career, um, And if you think about it like that, I think it becomes easier for you to map out which experiences you should go and get. Um, If you are thinking about it in the sense like, you know, I really want to do medical law. Medical law is just something I really care about. Then, you know, you can look for competitions, uh, work experience, volunteering, mini pupillages that center around that interest And the reason that would make you more competitive for these BPTC scholarships is that it would show that you've thought about things really carefully and you can point at relevant examples of how you've tried to take yourself further along in the process to become a barrister. And I think all of that evidence is proof of someone who really knows why they want this. And that's that's an overarching theme I think I've been so grateful for throughout this process is that I know that I want this and I don't want anything else I just don't want anything else the only thing I enjoy more than all of the things I'm gonna do as a barrister is this stuff that I'm doing right now blogging vlogging um, podcasting that is essentially my passions that's what I like it's It makes me happy to learn skills. It makes me happy to uh, feel confident in something like advocacy or to get that success in a competition makes me happy because I know that I've been applying skills um, and I'm getting better at them because becoming a barrister is synonymous with growth. So if you think of this process as a growth process, look at yourself... Um, if you're applying for scholarships, as the person who asked this question is, look at yourself and think, where do I need to grow? Or where have I grown? And how can I prove that growth in response to an answer to a question such as, why do you want to be a barrister? Or why are you motivated about this career? Do you see what I mean? that's it's that level of insightfulness that I think this career demands that a lot of other careers don't necessarily demand in the same way you've got to know yourself to a fault and if you know yourself it'll be that much easier when someone says to you um what kind of career do you want to have what kind of chambers do you plan to apply to what do you Oh, dear. Sorry, the Instagram live just paused. Yeah, so you'll have those better answers to those questions. And I think that's what would really um, benefit you um, as you prepare for your scholarship applications is to take that time to really assess your own growth, assess where you're strong and be confident in it and be good at being on your toes I would say and be ready to be on your toes when it comes to um, scholarship applications and be ready to answer those sort of aptitude questions that require you to just demonstrate demonstrate pure skills I think it's important that as aspiring barristers we all have I love you too Gonzag. Um, I think as aspiring barristers, it's all important that we have that, um, ability to narrate our story, the ability to say why we have done certain things and not done other things. But I think it's equally as important for you to just demonstrate the skill and there's nothing, there's no background story to skill. Skill is just, can you do the thing? And I think it's important that we don't get too caught up in our own heads over, um, you know, the existential crisis of who am I and what am I and how am I doing and what am I like in comparison to others? And I think just focus on skills because skills are important. If somebody gives you an advocacy exercise, can you do it? If somebody asks you a challenging question that questions the view that you just took a minute ago, can you, without getting intimidated, just flip your perspective? If you think about it in that way, those skills are quite, um, then, like I said, then it's not about the story. It's just about the skill. So if you can show that and you're comfortable doing both, telling your story and owning your truth and understanding your growth, and similarly, you're able to just demonstrate skills like that when it's asked of you, then I think you are ready. And that's what's gonna make you get successful. There is no complete formula to scholarship funding, but there is so much funding available in various forms from both the ins of court and your uh, law school, that it's, there's options for you. And I know people who weren't successful for scholarships the first year, who applied the second time and got it, not dissimilar to pupillage. So just keep that in mind. And um, make sure that you are ready to demonstrate skill, and you're ready to tell your story. I think it's important to be just as strong in both when you come to approaching scholarship applications. So I hope that answered your question. Um, and if there's anything else you want to ask me, just ask again on the live. And I will, um, I will, you know, ans- answer it in next week's Ask Blessing at the Bar session. So let's get on to the next question. I hope everybody is doing okay. Um... Just as a little bit of a segue. Um, And this is another plug (laughs) because you guys know if you're ever in front of me, I have to plug something. I just recorded my first uh, podcast with lawcareers.net and I'm really, really happy with it. I'm so grateful that they asked me to be a guest on the podcast. Um, So if you want to listen to that, head to their SoundCloud page. Um, and the link for that, I just retweeted them on Twitter, but you can find the links on all of their social media channels. So the episode is about how to become a barrister and yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I tell a little bit of my story and share a bit of how, uh, the bit of a background of how I chose the bar and hopefully, hopefully it can help you get to know me a bit better. Ah, uh, Carolina, I've got your question. Thank you. I'm going to answer that in a minute. Um, I will answer that question for you in a minute, Carolina. Um, right. So the next question. Sorry, because I got this fancy new microphone. I don't want to drink my um, my Lion King drink in front of the microphone. The question is, how is your BPTC going so far? Is it like you had expected in the beginning? And what did you find surprising? Ooh, that is such a good question. Well, the BPTC is going great, thank you. Um, By the grace of God, I've passed every exam so far. Um, I've even got an outstanding um, in one particular exam which was my favourite subject, so I'm beaming, honestly. Uh, The BBTC has been an answer to your second part of the question is, is it like that you expected in the beginning? I'm trying to go back to where I was in September, and I think the main thing I wanted to take away from the BBTC is I wanted to be a barrister. Even if I'm just a barrister in name and qualification and I don't have a pupillage yet, I wanted to be a barrister, you guys. I wanted to think like a barrister. I wanted to feel like a barrister. I wanted to have that confidence when I look at a problem or some case papers and know what I need to do. I want to... That's what I wanted. I wanted to feel like a barrister. You know, that's just... The most important thing that I wanted to take away from this course. So, I expected in the beginning that I would leave the course feeling like a barrister. And yes, I do. (laughs) I'm pleased to report that I do feel confident now in a way that I didn't feel on the GDL. On the GDL, I knew I was smart because I just finished my undergrad degree. I'd had first class in various exams and essays, I knew I was clever. But what I wanted more of um, was not to sort of how do I not to be intimidated by law. I know that sounds silly because we're at law school, but law is intimidating. It is intimidating because every every problem in law, every legal issue starts as someone just telling you a story. The story isn't sorted. Um, Well, it comes to different degrees. Sometimes it may have come through uh, an instructing solicitor who may have highlighted what they think the key issues are. But every legal problem you encounter starts with one thing, which is you listen to the person tell you what happened. And you don't really get that on the GDL. The GDL are problem questions that have sort of already hidden the easter eggs and now it's up to you to sort of regurgitate that knowledge in application to the problem that's already been sorted out when you're on the bbtc some like the problem questions will not be the same it'll be witness statements it'll be unsorted jumbles of information which is usually how like i mentioned how every case begins And I feel so much less intimidated now dealing with those. I've got a color coding system, which I work through uh, throughout the year, um, which I'll talk to you guys more about. But I've got a way of looking at and knowing, okay, those are my instructions. And then once I've got that in my head, I look at the... um, I look at the facts and I'm so much better now at looking at facts and crossing off and saying, okay, that looks like this kind of a legal issue, Uh, research that further. I know how to uh, take a legal problem, digest what the facts look like and do legal research. Um, I am able now to understand what someone's legal issue is, even if they don't understand what their legal issue is. Thank you, Carolina. I got this when I went to the um, Lion King show a couple of, I think about a couple of years ago. Yeah, so I I do feel like in that sense, the BPTC is what I expected. Um, in terms of your last question, what did I find surprising on the BPTC? Hmm, well... The GDL truly drained me, truly drained me. But I think what the GDL was, was I was under pressure. Um, I was under pressure in a way I've never, ever been before. The GDL was extraordinary. I've never felt that sort of, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. I've never felt like that in my whole life and that was the first time I sat there and thought, am I really not going to make it to the end of this? Um, But luckily with me, because I I like to stress out, (laughs) I had that stress right at the beginning of the course. So in a sense, although by the end of the GDL, I was drained, I was stressed out. I was, it was adrenaline. That's what I had a lot of on the GDL. It was adrenaline. It was, okay, seven exams, let's do this. You've got three weeks to sit seven exams. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. What was surprising about the GDL is it was the exact opposite. It was, I think, I was like falling asleep. I was exhausted. I was just so like, ugh, again, That's how I felt for a large part of this course, which was, um, I think in part, because pupillage applications are very time and energy consuming, but ultimately I I was so surprised on the BPTC to see how much I actually had to motivate myself to work. I think on the GDL, I had to work. I didn't have enough time to get through everything if I didn't. Like, what? But on the BBTC, it was more like, okay, you're going to get up and you're going to sit at your desk and you're going to read Blackstones and you're going to answer these questions and you're going to go to your one hour and a half lectures and you're going to find a way to do this extremely boring prep. Like some of the prep on the BBTC, imagine, imagine people, they gave us weeks to do it because there were that many pages of black and white that we had to read weeks, weeks, people. That's how long we got for some of our BBTC readings because we just had to read the crim procedure rules. Like it's dull. And I guess I was surprised to see how dull so much of the bbtc was i don't mean dull in that it's not important knowledge and work i think it is important knowledge and work i mean dull more in the sense that it's just like read 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 whereas when you're doing gdl problem questions it's a bit more dynamic it's a bit more I wasn't surprised to see that it wasn't like uni or the GDL in studying and revision senses because you do have to work on the GDL from start to finish. I wasn't surprised in that sense uh, because I think I'd really absorbed the warnings I'd been given before I started the course. um, And I wasn't surprised in that sense. But overall... um, (sighs) I'm tired of the BBTC to keep it real with you people. I want to be finished like yesterday or maybe a month ago. Uh, I still got a week left of school, I think. And then I've got to pull out some work. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that covers how I felt about the GDL overall. I think that covers it. I hope that answers your question. The next question is gaining pupillage is extremely competitive how can you stand out when applying um so this was my first year applying for pupillage and you know what i think the most important thing to remember about pupillage is this is gonna sound weird but it's not that deep obviously it's deep because you can't practice without it. But look, the opinions of a group of people who've not met you in the most cases beyond a written application that you send is zero indication of your spice. And I'll tell you guys, in all honesty, the opinions of people who haven't met you except for a written application sent on a gateway system comprised of less than 100, 1,500 words isn't going to make or break you. It's just not. If you are going to be a fantastic barrister, you are going to be a fantastic barrister. The most important thing when trying to be competitive for pupillage is to be you, but on 10 out of 10. Yes, I gave hand gestures, people. 10 out of 10. It's to be you, but in your best form. Do you know what? It's to be you on your Beyonce at Coachella form, at Beachella. That's the kind of you that you need to be when you apply to pupillage. I'm talking everything you've ever done in your life, every lesson you've learned, every skill that you've acquired, every book and piece of knowledge that you've absorbed every pep talk you've ever had you need to pour that into yourself and you need to absorb all of that and you need to carry all of that as you navigate these questions and interviews you've just got to Think about what we all know about the bar. We all know the bar is an archaic institution. We all know the bar has admitted itself that it has problems with inclusion and diversity. We all know all of these things. We know that the bar is currently in an intergenerational shift where more and more chambers are online and more and more barristers are online and more and more people are learning to present and communicate themselves in ways that they're unfamiliar with. Sorry, unfamiliar with. And that's exactly what you need to keep in your mind as you navigate this space. A lot of people are ready to be impressed. A lot of people are ready to see something they've never seen before, but it's up to you when the time comes to not be nervous. Don't be scared. Don't feel like an imposter. Walk into the space and own the space because you deserve to be in the space. So when you're writing these applications, look at the chambers like, well, do I even like this chambers? Do I want this Chambers? Does this Chambers look like it's going to want me? What kind of person am I going to be when I'm in this Chambers every day? How do they structure their pupillage? Does it fit my personality? Some Chambers, their application process is so much written work. Like, it's a lot of written work. And it's all, like, exams. So if you don't like exams, maybe chambers that run their recruitment solely on recruitment strategies like that aren't going to be your kind of place. Maybe that doesn't mean that you can't get through a challenge like that if you don't like exams. Not at all. But what I'm trying to say is that if you have that solid gold, um, like those solid gold features about them yourself those things that make you you those things that you're proud and confident in it's that much easier for you to create criteria that you apply that shows you do you know what this chambers is where i need to be at to an extent what that requires as well is that you're able to translate and transfer your skills I think it's really important for you to take whatever skills you have and be able to package it in a way that makes it relevant to barristers on a panel. That's one of the biggest things that you'll see everywhere you look in any of the books that I've recommended to you when I recommended um, five books I'm using on the BBTC. Similarly, um, on the Pupillage podcast, Pupillage and How to Get It, and other similar resources, um, and also, um, it's completely fallen out of my head. I will remind you in a second. Um, but my the point I'm trying to make, Cake and Council, thank you. Cake and Council um, and other people such as Naturally Legal, Alexandra Wilson, what they'll all tell you is you've got to know what your own... Skills and strengths are and learn how to translate those in a way that barristers will understand and value. Does that make sense, people? You've got you've got the package, you've got the skills, you've got the knowledge, make it relevant. And that is what pupillage rewards. Sorry, I mean the pupillage application process rewards. All tea, I will be honest. Does it mean that people who more align more with the sort of traditional image of a barrister perhaps have an easier job of that? Perhaps, perhaps. But everybody has their own challenges. For some people, it's showing more personality beyond being the sort of cookie cutter person that would be a barrister. Whereas for people who've got heaps and heaps of personality, um it's important that you are able to also show that you've got those skills, those traditional attributes. So everybody has their own challenges. Everybody's got their own thing going on. But I think the people who are successful, and I'm speaking from my friends um, because I haven't had... I'll get into that later. But for my friends, at least, who've been successful in their pupillage applications this year what I've noticed that they've all done, and a lot of them have been applying for the second time around, by the way, what I've noticed that they've all done really well is they have all found a way to communicate their best strengths in a way that barristers will understand it. And that's what there is to it. Um, I do hope that has answered your question. I'm just checking that my microphone is still recording. Hold on, guys. Ooh. I feel like a DJ. I do hope that's answered your question. I hope that's um, addressed what you asked. And I will say again, please, if you want good resources for pupillage, um, head to my blog, um, go on to the resources tab on the homepage and you'll see I've created a list of websites, podcasts and uh, people that will be great for you as you apply for pupillage. I'm going to address Carolina's question first. So Carolina's question is, do you think a pass at GDL is enough to keep going for pupillage, worried it will stop me from pursuing the family bar? I will tell you that uh, I do know of many people who've gotten very, uh, you know, pass-level marks in certain modules on the GDL who haven't had a problem. I will also tell you that it's perfectly possible to get through... Um, and get pupillage if you don't have a commendation because it's been done before but I also will tell you that at this stage where I know you haven't sat all of your GDL exams yet or if you have ignore me but for most people you haven't sat all the exams yet do not worry about the grades yet you will surprise yourself Don't worry about the grades just yet. Um, don't worry about them. And the reason that you shouldn't worry about them is that there's people who've gotten pupillage without having all of their grades. Um, and there's also people who have gotten pupillage with having not less than ideal grades in some modules. Um, but don't write yourself off. If you're a GDL student, please don't write yourself off just yet. Um, and really give it your best go in those exams and really try and be as strategic as possible, as calm as possible. You've got this. Um, the overarching question that you're asking about, will you get uh, through pupillage with a pass? Again, like I said, you can get pupillage as long as you are worthy of pupillage. And that's what I will say. You will get pupillage if you're ready for pupillage. Now, will you get pupillage when you should get pupillage? That depends. If the chambers that you apply to, you happen to get it right and hit the nail on the head, uh, you can be ready for pupillage and not get pupillage. That doesn't mean that you can't continue to work on your skills. It just means you didn't get it that year. So I would say that pupillage, if you are worthy of it, and if you're, when I say worthy, I mean that you've worked on your skills, you are ready to start... 12 months of quite intense training six months of which you'll be representing your own clients when you're at that stage your GDL grades are going to have nothing to do with it do you feel me your GDL grades are going to have nothing to do with your skills what your GDL grades are are getting you the mandatory legal qualification that you need to continue the next stage stage of training that's what your GDL is uh, think about it like that and yeah and by the way most chambers as well uh care about your undergraduate degrees more than anything else i hope that answered your question carolina um right so our last question as a black woman i'm a bit nervous about a career at the bar since it's already tough for everyone How do you deal with the fact that as a black woman, you're still underrepresented in the profession and probably need to work twice as hard to be taken seriously? I'll address with your second question first because I have some good news for you. There is a lot of representation at the bar of black women. I'm saying that from the the position that obviously um, we all know that black and ethnic minority people at the bar are a minority. Uh, But what I'm trying to say is that of the minority there is good representation of black women. And what you should do is look at a lot of those women for inspiration and motivation and understanding of how you apply yourself in this career and how you navigate things. Um, there's been excellent articles that have been written, networks that have been created. I mentioned a few earlier after this Instagram live, I'm going to do a thread on uh, Twitter. Um, I'll respond to your question on Twitter. And then under your tweet, I will do a thread of uh, black women barristers that you should follow. Um, So I'll say that there are resources out there, there are mentors out there, and you can use them. Now, I would say that ultimately, and this goes out to everybody. Obviously, I know you're asking me this question because I'm also a black woman, so I can speak to that experience. But ultimately, this is relevant to everyone who wants to be a barrister. I say this all the time, but back yourself. Be confident. No matter who is in front of you, know that you know what you're doing. You're skilled at what you're doing and that you can get it correct. If you feel like that, you've got everything you need and that's what's gonna help you navigate the imposter syndrome and the occasional um, feelings and responses that you get from people that make you feel like you don't belong. I think that having that unshakable confidence in your skills and abilities, That's what's going to get you through. That's what's going to help you navigate as a minority. I wrote in a blog post I wrote a couple of years ago on the the blessingatthebar.com blog about networking as a minority. And I said, be yourself and never anyone else. And that's exactly the message that I give to you. um, Is that just be yourself. Own yourself. There's one thing that the bar really appreciates across the board, and that is skill. If you are skilled, you will get through the process. If you are skilled, you will get the respect of your colleagues. If you are skilled, you will get good work from your instructing solicitors. Skill, skill, the word of the day is skill. Work on your skill, work on your craft, work on what you're good at, work on expanding your knowledge constantly seek out knowledge constantly seek out opportunities to sharpen your shouldn't hit the mic constantly seek out opportunities to sharpen your skills sharpen your mind stay on top of what's going on make sure that if anybody hands you like I mentioned about being on the bbtc and my first response to the scholarship interviews question when someone throws you a problem make it that you can respond make it that you know what to do Make it that you're comfortable with the work. All of the other issues regarding being underrepresented and feeling like an imposter, it's not that they're going to immediately subside, it's that you'll be able to navigate them better. There's another part to your question that I want to address, which is just the virtue of being a black woman and what that offers you and the challenges that that presents when you're navigating the bar. I would say that, look, do we live in a country that's got a historical and institutional issue with race? Yes, we do. But do we live in a country where fortunately we can talk about that? Yes, we do. And I would say that one thing that you should take comfort in and uh, be comforted by is the fact that if you at any stage of your career as an aspiring or practicing barrister encounter the sort of ignorance and racism that makes you nervous as you said in your question trust and believe that this profession is the kind of profession where you can call that out because if people can make threads about the issues in our crumbling criminal justice system and the injustice that caused. you better make sure that as a black woman, if you face racism or sexism or both, you can own that you can speak on it and you can challenge it. And trust me, there will be more people on your side than there will be people telling you that you shouldn't rock the boat or make too much noise or any of that stuff. So, be confident in that fact, make sure your skills are sharp, 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 and know that if that, if the unthinkable, not unthinkable, because we know it's very thinkable, it happens all the time, but if the, the worst case scenario happens, and you do feel like you've been unfairly treated because of your race and gender, this is the kind of profession that you can call that out, this is the kind of profession that you can actually say as a woman, as a black woman, I've been treated this way, this is wrong, and you can point at people. And that's a big point that's been stressed a lot of times. So I hope that answers your question. Um, If you wanna talk to me more about this uh, and you want me to put you in touch perhaps with some mentors who are black women who are already at the bar, please email me, um, person who asked this question. It's all anonymous, so I don't know who asked this question. Uh, Please email me and I will uh, help you out a bit more. Well, guys, um, thank you so much for a set of great questions. Um, I hope that you found all of that helpful. As always, this Instagram live session was designed so that I can address your questions and be helpful to you and that we can share and contribute with each other um, because aspiring barristers are a community. I know we're not practicing yet, but we're all trying to get into an extremely challenging profession and having a good rapport amongst ourselves and being able to share advice and encourage each other is extremely important because it matters when we get to the other side. So I hope this uh, session has been helpful for you. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who joined us and everybody who will watch this for the next 24 hours. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Peace out. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. And please, if you haven't signed up to my mailing list on blessingatthebar.com, what are you waiting for? Go into my bio, uh, click the Rama Publishing picture, And that will take you straight to um, my mailing list sign up form. Uh, Sign up to that mailing list because you'll miss out on things if you're not signed up. All right. okay, guys, Uh, like I said, it's always great having sessions with you guys. Peace out. I will see you next week. Bye.